Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Let's keep it Gracious, 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 good afternoon to you all. Hallelujah. I pray that you are all well and just, oh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of still basking in the power of God from this past weekend, from this morning. And so, you know, I'm I'm like, you know, kind of floating on that cloud. And, and I'm not even on cloud nine like the temptations were. I am way up above that. I am on cloud wherever you are, where you meet God at. <laughs> Amen. So I am having a phenomenal, phenomenal day in the Lord, just to feel the presence of his Mm, just the, his presence, period, just to feel the glory of his presence, that's what I'm trying to say, is an incredible, incredible thing. And so I am praying that you are in that same place and spirit of euphoria as I am, where you are experiencing the presence of God. Wherever you're hearing this this broadcast at, no matter what the day, maybe you did not go, maybe it's not a day of worship for you. Maybe you're at a low place. Let me, let's start there. Maybe you're at a place where, you know, you're hearing the sound of my voice and saying, oh, brother, here we go. Or, you know, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling euphoric. I'm not feeling happy. I have no peace. I have no joy. I have um, nothing to hold on to right now. I, I implore you, do not turn this broadcast off. Don't turn it off. Please, please, please don't turn it off. Listen to it in its entirety. Because I believe that God is going to meet you right where you are, whether you're in that place of worship or in that place of despair. One thing about my God, my Father, my Lord, my Master, is that he has a propensity of meeting each and every one of us right where we are, right where we hurt, right where we um, praise, right where we worship, right where we lose hope, right where we doubt, right where we have faith. It's like wherever you are in this current moment in time, he has a way of meeting you right there, right there. And even though many can hear the same words being spoken, it can take on entirely different meanings in our lives. That's the beauty of God. Hmm. That is absolutely the beauty of God. That is the beauty of his power at work in us and through us. I did a broadcast yesterday with a friend of mine. Um, It was her television show, and um, we were dealing with despair. And... And the belief that, you know, prayer and seeking God can um, change and and bring you out of a state of depression. And one of her callers called in, and this is not our topic today, please hear me, but 
he said something that that really resonated within me, and it triggered something. And I pray I spoke to it um, prior to getting off the show because he called twice because we didn't feel we had we identified what he was saying the first time. But anyway, so his point was that um, some people are in despair and distraught because of things that have happened to them in church because of things done to them by church folk, because of things done he used as um, a point of reference and example of the things that have been brought out in the Catholic Church with priests molesting young men and, and young ladies and what have you. And hear me, hear me well, that does not just happen in the Catholic Church. Believe that. That happens in the body of Christ at large, unfortunately. But what he was saying was, how do you rely and trust on a God when it was in that religious setting that you were hurt to begin with and that um, actions of someone within that religious setting is what caused your despair? So the first time it was myself and another young lady on as um, as Miss Wallina's co-host, and and the other young lady had firsthand knowledge and um, um, information about depression because she had suffered from depression for twenty years from the age of nine, um, and she did not get over it, even with all of the. Um, the medication and the counseling and what have you that she went through, she did not get over it until she came into a real relationship with God. It wasn't just surface. It wasn't just, you know, hearing about God or just being a Sunday Christian, but she had to come into a real relationship with God in order to get past her depression. And so when it was my time to to speak to what the, the caller was speaking on, my thing was this. It was that, um, you cannot equate the things of man and the, the frailties of man and things that man do um, unto the things of God and, and who God is because God is far above that. And he's far above the actions of man. And unfortunately, every man, every man, I mean that from the depths of my heart, every man is flawed. So every man has a propensity to hurt you some in different manners than others. But it, that means that every human being can and probably will at some point in time do something to disappoint you, to possibly betray you. Um, and so we, when, if we know that and we're looking on that, we try not to judge God by the actions of man. And so basically my response was, you know, basically that, you know, don't you can't um, see God in the same light that you see man, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, and then I talked about a relationship with God. So I, I'm going to tie this into our, our, our subject today, I promise you. But give me a minute to expound, expound because God just dropped it in my spirit that I needed to speak on this. Um, the caller called back. And when the caller called back, he was very adamant that we had not answered his question because even the other young lady that was on the broadcast as well had pretty much the same thing that I said, and what she said was it was not until she came into a relationship with God that, you know, she found deliverance from her depression, and she has been depression-free for the past five years of her life, but it was because of her relationship with God. So when the caller called back on, again, he was very, it was, it was like he was angry, and he was very adamant that we had not addressed his, his, his concerns and the concerns of many out there because we're still trying to get them to believe in this religion thing and this thing um, where if you just have enough faith, everything is going to be okay, and that is not the case. And if you've been hurt by the church and whatever, you know, um, you don't need somebody coming and just telling you to have enough faith. That troubled me. And it troubled me because it brought something up and out that needed to be addressed. And, and I'm, again, I'm going to tie it in to our subject today. One of the things that he could not get past was equating a relationship with God with religion. And no matter what was said, and I pray, I do pray, um, when we had a chance to, to give our closing statements, I did say this, 
that here herein lies the issue. That issue is you have not separated the fact of a relationship with God from the place of a religious experience and the fact that what happened to you or whomever, and I believe it was that he had been, um, something had happened to him because of how, how passionate he was with it. But until you can separate the religiosity of an experience with the relationship with God, a personal, intimate relationship with God, you will not be able to get beyond the things that you need deliverance in, okay? So I'm saying that because somebody needs to hear this, and I don't know if you're live right now or if you'll be calling or if you'll be listening to the archive, but please hear me and hear me well. Your religious experience is not the same as your relationship with the lifter and lover of your soul, with the creator of the universe, with your creator, okay? It is not the same, and you have to get to a place of separation and stop equating God with a religious experience because he has nothing to do with that religious experience. He is all about a God of relationship, okay? Now, I had to get that out there. Somebody needed that because I felt it too strong in my spirit. Our topic today is the power of obedience, the power of obedience. Now, you say, how does that tie into everything you just said for the past five minutes? Well, because when you get to a place of relationship, then you can be in a position of obedience. Until you get into a place of relationship, you will not reverence and acknowledge and understand an importance of obedience. Just carrying out traditions in a religious manner is not the same as walking in obedience to your father. It is not the same. And we're going to dive into that and we're going to open it and cut it up and slice it up and dice it in prayerfully prayerfully, by the end of this broadcast, you will understand the power, not just the importance, but the power that is found in obedience. All right. (laughs) Now, I've said all of that. I am now, I definitely, I apologize, sis. When I saw you log in, I was kind of in the midst of of my little dissertation there, and I did not want to, to stop it. So please, please, please welcome our guest. To the broadcast and guests, please, please, please help me welcome my co-host, my beautiful sister in the Lord, someone who is definitely a part of my heart, Miss Tanya Roberts. Hey, sis. Hey, beautiful. And how are you doing today? I am incredible today. I really am. How are you? You know what? I couldn't wait to hear your voice after coming out of that seven-day shut-in. And truly listen to be at your feet and listen to what God has really told you during that time. And I, when you were mm. discussing the difference between relationship and religion, I thought, man, they don't even know. She's going to tie it in for them. She's going to even give me a better awakening <laughs> and enlightening to that. And I cannot wait. Mm. So I'm going to be sitting at the, your feet as well, Elder, today. And God bless you. Ah, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. I am, I'm full today. I really am. This past week has been incredible. It really has. And yesterday and this morning, as God is so faithful to his word, he just put the icing on the cake. And, and when we, so that, so that our listeners understand what you were just talking about and what I'm saying as well, um, this past week for seven days, I was shut into our church. And it's our time of prayer and fasting. Um, and it, it really has been an incredible time. Now, I want to be transparent in this, okay? God gave this to me. He gave me a mandate of what to do 
um, in bringing the intercessors together during this time and what our assignment was. It wasn't just my assignment. It was a collective assignment. And I'm so grateful to all of those that joined in in the assignment across the nation. It wasn't just in New Bethany. I, I'm grateful to my prayer warriors and my prayer team of New Bethany because they absolutely stepped up the, to the plate. But to those across the country that that came in and, and, and heard heard the call of God in what we were doing. I, I'm so grateful because it was a collective effort um, to be obedient to the assignment of God. In my transparency, God gave me um, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, to do a shut-in. Now, I did a shut-in last month. It was a three-day shut-in. I did not fast. I just, you know, just went into the church and stayed in the church for three days because one thing, I needed some quiet time. <laughs> I was still working, but I needed some peace and some quiet time. My house is not real quiet a lot. <laughs> I got a 19-month-old baby running around and a five-year-old little puppy who was a yapper and, and a house full of people. So I, I don't really always have quiet corners to go to, but um, that was my purpose for the one last month. I came out of that, and I, and I had an awesome time with the Lord. It was really good, and I came out of it, you know, and I knew my purpose for it and whatever. It was cool. About a week and a half, maybe two weeks later, he laid on my heart for another one, which was awful quick, but this one, he said a seven-day. It would be a a fasting seven days. For me, I, I fasted from food the whole time. I just did a liquid diet, but I fasted from food for the entire duration. Um, I encouraged those that joined in with me to allow God to lead them in their time of fasting. One thing I believe is that, you know, everybody is in different places in God, and so everybody may not be in that place of going seven days without food. Everybody may not be in that place of going 24 hours without food because of the need of medication. So, you know, I never want to have people um, walk under condemnation in their time of fasting, but God can give you things to fast from. He can, fasting is not just about food. When, When I say fasting, and I know Isaiah talks about a fasting unto God where you give to the poor and the needy, but there's other fasts also. There are fasts where you get away from the television, you get away from the naysayers, you get away from whatever it is that would cause you to miss God. You get away from the distractions of life and you push them aside so that you can hear from God. And that was what the point of this week was. Um, Here's my transparency. I, who have fasted, and my sister tell you have done shut-ins, have fasted over the years a lot, okay? But in the past, um, I'd say year and a half, I've struggled with fasting. It has really been a struggle for me. And, it, and it's been really crazy to me because it's like, you know, I fast at a drop of a dime, Lord, what's going on? But it has been a true struggle for me. So this week was very, very important and crucial to me because in my obedience to what God said to do, I had to make sure that I got through the whole thing without eating. And I thank and praise God that I did that. Now, again, that was my saying, Lord, I am digging my heels in. I am not going to let any kind of distraction. And, and hear me, I had people coming in and out of the church with food and, you know, going in the offices eating and doing just all kinds of things, you know. But it did not save me because I had, I was, my, like, like my face was set like flint because I knew that this week was vital for me as well as others. Again, the power of obedience. When you get to that place of obedience to God, it will grant power into your life. It adds authority to your life in walking in obedience with God. You don't believe me? Hear Jesus. Hear him. When he says he only does what he 
sees the father do. He only says what he hears the father say. Jesus walked in complete obedience unto the father all the way through to his resurrection and ascension into heaven and being seated on the right hand of God. And if anybody on the face of this planet ever in eternity walked in power, Jesus was the man. He walked in power as the man Jesus, not as the God Christ. He walked in power. Why did he walk in power? He walked in power because he walked in obedience to his father. It granted unto him power. The word of God says that same power he has given unto us. But how do we wield that power? How do we utilize that power correctly? By being obedient unto God. You will never enhance your place of anointing. Hear me. You will never enhance your place of anointing until you get to the place of obedience. It's not going to happen. You can be gifted all day long, all day long. I Hear me, hear me, and I pray you guys hear me from my heart. This past week, Aretha Franklin passed away. I believe that was a gifted soul. There's no doubt. Her voice was distinct. She did not sound like anybody else. When you heard Aretha open up her mouth, you knew it was Aretha Franklin. Did nobody have to tell you? You didn't have to look at somebody and say, who is that? Because you knew that was Aretha Franklin. She was gifted without doubt. But hear me. She never walked in the fullness of her anointed power. This was the daughter of a minister who honed her gift by singing praises unto the Lord in the church house, but then took her gift and shared it with the world on a secular level. I'm not coming against secular Artists, please don't send me no emails and I'm, you know, anti-whatever. R&B was cool with me and still is. I still like some oldies but goodies. Hear me. Okay, I'm not going to lie. All right? But she would have touched lives in a completely different arena and a completely different fashion had she walked in the anointing that God would have given her to go with her gifting. I'm telling you, people, there is a power in obedience. Give you another example. Here's two voices. Here's two voices that really, really are distinct, unique, however, have the same range in tone. You got Whitney Houston on one side. You got CeCe Winans on the other. Whitney was a bad somebody. But CeCe took that same gifting and allowed God to smear the anointing upon her life. And what that voice has done and the shackles that have been broken when she opens her mouth is unbelievable. Whitney could sing. Whitney could flat out sing. But every note Whitney could you, so could Cece. In fact, their tones are much alike. But Whitney did not allow God to smear her with the anointing. I believe with my soul, she had a longing for the things of God, but she could not release the things of the world to walk in the obedience, to put her flesh under subjection and walk into under the obedience of a true and a living God. I believe she loved God. I believe she's in heaven. I'm not going to lie. That's my belief. She even went to Israel to get baptized in the Jordan River. Don't tell me this woman didn't love God. But what she did not do is walk in the obedience of a surrendered life unto God to allow him to smear her with his anointing. I am telling you, sis, the power of obedience is unbelievable. I came out of this week, glory Jesus, with such a renewed spirit. Hallelujah, just renewed in God, not because I did anything so fantastic, but because I walked in the obedience that God called me to. 
He said that he wanted us to plant a word garden. So we had people from all over the nation and from the prayer team in Bethany submitting words every morning that their assignment was to get up and seek God for a word for that day and and a, a dissertation on how God gave them the word, what that word meant to them, what that word would mean to the body. Sis, I will, I promise you, I will email it to you. I got 18 pages, printed it out. I put it all together in a Word document last night, and I handed it out to those that were at the closing prayer yesterday. We prayed over those words. We watered the ground, knowing that we have planted those words in the soil of our heart and in the soil of the atmosphere all week long. And then we watered them in prayer last night, knowing and believing God to bring the increase, because we know the increase only cometh from him. And I took it, and I put it, and I printed it out, okay? And I handed it out again this morning to anybody that wanted it, 18 pages of words and, and, and thoughts that God, that was God breathed, not where you just were. I had one, one young lady, this blessed my soul. This is what I'm talking about, the power of obedience. Hear me. Please hear me. This one young lady, she said that she waited all day long for her word because she did not want to just give a word that was her word. She consulted God all day, all day. And by the end of the day, she said, okay, God, well, I guess you're not going to give me a word today. And then she sat down to her computer to shut it off. God gave her the word. God gave her the word. I'm telling you, there is power in obedience. She was not going to be obedient, disobedient to her assignment. Her assignment was to seek God for a word. So she was not going to just give any word. She was obedient to the assignment to seek God. And until he spoke that word, she was not going to release it. And please, please hear me. There is power, power in obedience. Power in obedience. It's not just better than sacrifice. It is the epitome of what God calls us to do. It is where we tap in and get our assignment and our power. It's in the obedience of God. Think about this, okay, as a child, as a child. Our parents gave us directives. Now, hear me, some directives might not have been good. Some of you may have grown up in a bad household. You might have had a molester in your household or abuser in your household, and they may have told you to do things that wasn't right, and you knew that wasn't right, but they beat you into submission because if you didn't submit, you knew what was going to happen to you. So out of, out of fear, some of you, for your very lives, you did what was told to you to do. That's not the kind of obedience God calls us to. He does not beat us into submission. He does not call us to do anything that goes against or contradicts his. He is a God of love. So if you're walking in a rebellious state saying, no, uh, uh, I don't know what it is to be obedient because when I'm obedient, people get me to do things I don't want to do. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. We're going to put that to rest right now. We're going to put that to rest right now. God is not an unjust God. He's not an unjust judge, and he is truly a righteous father. He is a loving father that loved you so much. We talk about this all the time because a lot of people don't realize the depth of God's love, who loved you so much that he sacrificed himself. You know, one thing that was so powerful to me, sis, in the movie, The Shot, <laughs> even think about it now and seeing that vision in my eyes, it brings tears to me. In the movie, The Shack, and I know there's a lot of controversy about that movie. I personally loved the movie, and I understood it wholeheartedly. I loved it. But there is a place in the movie where the young man is talking to Papa, and, you know, Papa was was portrayed by a black woman, and, and that's how um, Papa was written into the book as well. They call her Papa. <laughs> but in the movie, 
when he was saying and he was talking about, because he was so hurt and so angry about the loss of his daughter and what happened to her and how this nasty, ugly individual took her life and took her innocence before he took her life. And he was so angry. And then he looked at Papa and he said, you know, even you even allowed your own son to suffer, to suffer. And she looked at him with tears in her eyes, and she said, you don't understand. You really don't understand. And she held out her arms. And when she held out her arms, you saw the holes in her wrist. So what she was saying was, no, he didn't suffer just because I was on that cross right with him. I came so that I could take on your sins. Because you remember, we believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost make up one. So as Christ hung, God said, I took your sin. I took your sin. I took your sin. I took your hurt. I took your pain. I took your disease. I took it all on me. Christ represented me. There was Jesus the man, but there was Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. And he took that on. And God was in the mix. Oh, glory. Glory. I just, this, think about this. Now, this just dropped in my spirit. Think about this. Because I've been dealing this week with when God, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in my heart, I thought, you know, you took on every imaginable sin. And in that moment, God cannot look upon you because of the sin. But what if, what if in that moment he did not feel God because God was on the cross with him? So where he had had that outer experience and connection, he didn't feel it because they were one in the pain. Think about that. I'm not saying that's biblical, that's gospel, or none of that. But that just dropped in my spirit as I was talking. Think about that because we know. We know that the Father took on everything. We know Christ took on everything for us at the Father's bidding, at the Father's bidding. I tell you, I I, I promise you, the thing about obedience is so phenomenal. And we, because we don't want to submit, especially as women, oh, my God, don't bring up the the scripture about submitting to your husband. You know, it calls war, war, five, six, and seven, all at one time, because the ladies have rolled up in, in armor. Like, no, I'm not submitting. <laughs> I, I told you, I told my testimony before I came to know the Lord because of the hurt and the pain that I had walked in. My philosophy in life, philosophy was submit to a man. I don't think so. But see, that's because I did not have an understanding, and I did not understand the covering of my husband. I did not understand that God put him in the forefront for protection for me because I'm so valuable that he wanted to make sure I was covered and protected. And when I learned that, that took on a whole new meaning. Oh, okay, I got you, Daddy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for loving me so much. So submitting to God is no issue for me. It is none whatsoever because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can trust him. So if I can trust him and I can submit to him and I can have faith and believe that his word is true, then I can walk in true obedience. Jesus said it like this. If you you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, obey my teachings. Obey what I tell you. If you love me. He was the true test of love, the true testament of love. Hallelujah. Because he loved his father unto death. He loved his father enough to submit to the very, very end, to to acknowledge, Father Bo, God, if this cup could just pass by me. Just I just I know what I'm I know what I'm about to face. And and the humanity of me does not want to face this. This is going to be very, very painful and and brutal. And I really, really don't want to go through this. Nevertheless, 
in my obedience, because that's basically what he said. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, nevertheless, in my obedience unto what you have called me to, in my obedience to what the assignment was for me even coming here, in my obedience, in my obedience, I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit. I thought about it. I was I was in class on Friday night, and, and my professor said um, he was talking about Christ and, you know, what he said to Pilate about calling down um, legions of angels. It's like, just to let Pilate know, like, you know, you think you got something? You doing something? Please. Please. And we know one angel can kill 10,000 in the swoop of his, his sword. So imagine legions, what they could do. Imagine. Okay. So he was just letting Pilate know, you know, no, you're not taking my life. I'm laying my life down. In obedience to my father, I'm laying my life down. And so when he was speaking it, this is what God gave me. And I, I actually, I came out of my notebook for school that I was writing in, and I went to my, my journal in the Lord and wrote this. I said, Jesus could have called legions of angels. Just because you have power and authority, it is not to be used unless the Father gives you permission. Even though you have power and authority, it is not to be used unless the Father gives you permission. In other words, you wield the power and the authority granted unto you by the power of the Holy Spirit that worketh in you simply and only by the directive of the Lord, period, period. The power of obedience, the power of obedience. So we came together, we prayed, we, we released our words, we watered our words. This morning, God gave a word to my pastor. And the word was a new beginning. The word was a new day. The word was, ah, bless you, Lord. The word was, we had turned the corner. Things will never be the same. You see, all of us collectively coming together in prayer and planting those word seeds and watering that ground yesterday, we are producing a harvest of newness, a harvest of a new day, a new season, a new system of doing things. God has rearranged our existence, put us on a whole nother plateau, whole nother place in him. Why? Because of the obedience of every one of us that did our assignment, that did what God told us to do over the course of this past week. The power of obedience is that it is not just for you. The power of obedience sets the captive. The power of obedience rules nations. The power of obedience heals sin-sick souls. The power of obedience rises people up from their deathbed, from when the doctors wrote them off and God said not so. And he'll use someone to speak a not so word over that individual and that individual sits up in the middle of the bed, alive, alive and whole because of the power of obedience. Guys, I, I, I promise you, this thing is, is just so wrapped up, tied up within me right this moment. There is such a greatness in obedience. And because we want to walk in, in rebellion, we miss it. I want to read this, and then, then sis, I'm going to open the floor up to you because I want you to just share what, what you're receiving in the midst of this. But I pulled up First Samuel the 15th chapter, the 22nd and the 23rd verse. And this is where you find Samuel talking to Saul, and this is where the famous line of obedience is better than sacrifice comes in. But I want to read this to you out of the Message Bible. I want you to hear this. And, and, and then I'll, I'll, for you um, people, you King James people, I'll read it out of that as well. But hear this, hear this, because I think this is powerful. 1 Samuel 15, starting at the 22nd through the 23rd verse, Message Bible version. Do you think all God wants are sacrifices? 
empty ritual just for show. He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing. Not staging a lavish religious production, not doing what God tells you is far worse than fooling around with the occult. Getting self-important around God is far, getting self-important around God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. I was like, okay, that's crystal, crystal clear to me. Now, um, like I said, I'm going to read it to you out of, um, I'm going to do it out of the new King James so that, you know, for you King James people that, you know, need to hear what you're used to. It says, First Samuel again, 15th chapter, 22nd and 23rd verse says, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. I don't know about you people, but I don't want to be rejected by God. Uh, I don't want to miss him. (laughs) Bishop Paul Martin, I I reference this song a lot, but I promise you it is entrenched in my spirit. Bishop Paul Martin has a song that says, God, what? Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I don't want to miss God, okay? I want to be first, front, and center, and a part of his move in this end time. I love him. I love him with everything that is within me. Amen. Go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. I Gosh, I took up a whole lot of time, but go ahead, sis. You know what, Elder and Pastor? I want to say I have much great admiration and respect for you. You know, you have to really understand the Holy Spirit in the process and when God speaks to you and it's like going into that burning bush and giving that answer that you've always waited for. No one can possibly understand. So to me, you weren't talking too much. But what I thank you for, the transparency of what the Holy Spirit is giving you in this shut-in I see that being in the shut-in, he's also giving you a new word, a new ministry, a new revive, a new refilling of your spirit, and there's nothing like it. Mm. Let me speak to the ones out there right now that you're listening, but you don't quite get it. Well, I'm on your side right now. I was the one, I didn't get a chance. My family's in Vegas. That's where my sister is right now in the shut-in. That's something that I really need, to shut in and get away from everything. I'm the one that was out trying to do it and the rim of so much stuff coming your way because I didn't have a chance to shut in. So I'm doing it every day, Monday, and I'm going to work, dealing with this, phone calls, doing this, doing that, and doing this. So let me say to you, it was very difficult and it was very hard for me. Did I do it? No. Um, did I start? Yes. Did I try to pick up another day? Yes. Did I? Do I feel like I did it? No. But let me say something to you. I was the one of obedience and I was the one of disobedience. You want that fire. You want what Elder Pastor Colette James is talking about right now, that intimacy that no one can explain, that joy that surpasses all understanding with peace that goes along with it. You know, what's happening to us in this world right now is we've gotten so used to the everyday mundane. You try to fast, you can't. Like, Like Elder said, you have to be committed. It's something you have to pray about. I remember one time I was yeah. praying about him before I knew three days without doing certain things that I was used to doing, I didn't do, was still a glory to me when it comes to God in that relationship. You may have to start at a day, 12 hours, mm. three hours, four mm. hours, but whatever it is, be committed to it. And I truly believe God honors yeah. us because of that. And what she's saying is, it's a step-by-step, step, but it's when you have that hunger and that thirst of righteousness, you will be filled. Again, you go to a restaurant, you stand in line, they tell you 30 minutes. 
You guys sitting outside, you messing with your phone, you talking to your friends, you doing everything you can because you know what you don't want to do? You don't. You try not to get your mind off that food because you're hungry. What if you had that same mm. hunger as you have for Jesus? Mm. What if you just said, because mm. I remember one day yeah. when I said to the Lord sitting down, mm. Father, I just want you. I just want more and more of you. And before I knew it, I said, you're mm. more important than food. You're more important than water. You're more important than anything. Mm. I need to be touched by you. One thing I know about the Heavenly Father, he will not withhold no good thing from you. And if you open up your mouth, he will fill it and pour you that you overflow. Please hear me what I'm saying. I'm listening to my sister right now. I love you. I have a newfound respect and admiration for you because I know that you were at the burning bush. And the whole time, it didn't even upset me that I wasn't talking because I was like Mary at Jesus' feet. I wanted to hear everything that he had to tell you because that's the only way that you will ever know. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Well, you know what? Like you like cake or ice cream or whatever it is. You want to taste God like that. Just be in the presence of him like that. And he'll fill you up and you will never, ever experience anything like it ever again. Trust me when I say this. You know, a lot of people say, I can't do it. You know what? Can't, that's why you can't. But if it's one hour. You, people don't realize it. You know, you can, you can give $10 million in tithes for the whole world to see. But if you get $1 from your heart and it was all that you had, mm. don't you know that God would honor yes. that dollar greater than he did that $10 yes, million? Yes, yes, yes. So yes, what I'm ma'am. trying to tell us is stop getting stuck in the everyday mundane. I heard a message saying, why is it easy for us to be dedicated to the everyday mundane? Going to work, coming home, getting the clothes, getting the kids done, doing this, doing that. Never coming out of your comfort zone. But the minute someone say, come over here, I got this revival, blah, 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 one day. You know what we do? We get ready to get ready. The devil mm-hmm. robs us. Why would you think the devil would rob you? Because he don't want you to go because he no deliverance mm-hmm. draws not. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. You hear Elder Colette, Pastor Colette James, speak that word to you today? When God allows you to hear that word and it's coming close to you, that means draw nigh to him. I don't know about you, but you mm. know what I said? It's some things I need to tighten up. It's some things I need to do better mm. of. Man, I want that fire. Ooh, I remember that, Lord. And there's nothing greater than that. Let me tell you something. Life is passing us by, people. You better wake up and get it closer is. to God. Because some of us will not mm. be able to survive the times if you don't. Please believe me. It's a world full of depression, suppression, oppression, a world of just doubt and everything else that comes along with it. But what Elder Colette did was she went before God, not just for herself, not just for her family, but for all of us. If you follow her on mm-hmm. Facebook, please do. I did a couple of days and just hear the joy and look at her, the joy on her face, the peace in her heart. Yeah, you might not be able to get away for seven days. But ask God what's right for you. Maybe it's a, a yeah. five minutes, ten minutes. Please believe me. Mm-hmm. If you just sacrifice mm-hmm. it, I believe in my heart God will honor it. Go ahead. Please, sis, please finish talking. You know what? That That's so real. But, you know, it, we make time, Pam, for everything else we want. Everything we want, we make time. I promise you. If there was a sale at Macy's, and the doors was opening at 5.30 a.m., and you had something out hanging on that shelf that you really want, and it was being marked down 85% so where you would have paid 200 for it, you can get it for 20 okay? I promise you, you would get up early enough to go to Macy's and make your purchase before you went to work and be just as happy all day at work because you got what you wanted. We have to get into that place with God where it is so important to us to spend that time with him that we do what we need to do to do it, okay? So please hear me. I, 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 I hear you, but people hear me. I work every single day that I shut into that church. Now, I do have the ability to work from my computer no matter where I am, so I did that. 
Okay, and I understand you may not be able to go and shut into a place because you have to go to a physical locale to go to work. But I promise you, I promise you, even in the midst of that working environment, I still took a moment here, a moment there to walk and to pray, you know, while I was there and to deal with it and steady, you know, hey, because I, I can't, I cannot be um, not integral on, on my work, with my workplace and say, oh, well, you know, I shut in at the church, so I, I didn't get time to do that. No, I still had to put in my required effort on the job. I had to do that, okay? And, in fact, I told one of the other elders, Elder Ivy, I said, you know, I'll be so glad when I can get back to the place of coming in and shutting in here and not having that distraction. And that time is coming, and it's fast approaching. I know it. I know it is, okay? But in the interim, I'm saying this not to put anybody down, but I'm saying this so that you recognize and understand that in your your obedience, that you don't let any distraction or any excuse get in the way of your being obedient to what God is calling you to do. Because God in heaven knows I've walked in it. I, I, I will be the first to lift up both hands and say, quick, fast, minute, oh, I can't do that because I got to do such and such. Oh, I, I wish I could, but, you know, excuses, excuses, excuses. But I promise you, if there's something that I really want, I do not make excuses. I go get it. I do it. So how bad do you want it? That's what I want to put out here for you guys. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want the fire of God at work in you? How bad do you want his anointing smeared all over you? How bad do you want promotion in the spirit realm in here, in him? How bad do you want it? Because that's how bad you'll go after it. Like my sister just said, how bad do you, do you have that desire, that longing for God? Because if it's strong enough, you'll do what you need to do. I, never forget. My, my. Sis, are you there? Sis, are you there? Let's keep it Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.